that in a free society, we would legitimize discrimination against citizens based on their religion. And I think about all the young people in Quebec right now that won't be able to pursue maybe their dream job. A society based on, uh, on fundamental freedoms and, and openness uh, must always protect fundamental individual rights. We're saying that when you come to work, when you exercise the power of the state, that you leave your religion at the door. A stunning decision in Quebec as the government introduces new legislation to ban religious symbols worn by public employees. Police officers, teachers, judges, no religious symbols worn or displayed in government-funded work. A dismantling of what Canada included in our Charter of Rights, Religious Freedom and Expression. Secularism moves religion out. But Quebec Premier Francois Legault is standing firm, saying his government will enact the notwithstanding clause to crush any legal challenges to the religious symbols ban. All of Canada's federal political party leaders have publicly condemned the legislation. Quebec is not backing down. Today on Context, we'll find out why religious expression with symbols matters to our freedom. Quebec's move to deny government employees the right to wear religious symbols stinks to high heaven, says Montrealer Peter Stockland. He's the publisher of Convivian Magazine, the former editor-in-chief of the Montreal Gazette. Peter, why is this such a bad idea? I think there's two basic reasons, Lorna. One, uh, it's, it's an employer. We've got to remember that the, the provincial government is an employer, and they're trying to muscle... Uh, distinctive employees in a, in a way that would not be acceptable in any other context uh, in a diverse uh, country like Canada, diverse province like Quebec. They are targeting uh, specific employees in a way that the, the Supreme Court in a ruling a number of years ago called morally repugnant to basically tell employees, um, you, you know, you're going to do this or you can go somewhere else. I think the second thing is that they're trying to muscle the citizenry into the idea that this is a secular uh, society as well as a secular state. The Supreme Court has been clear, and Canadian society has been clear, we live in a pluralistic society. Okay, but this, this was an elected mandate, and uh, Premier Legault has a full majority. Are you sure he's not just giving Quebecers what they wanted? See, see I don't think he is, Lorna, because the reaction to this... Uh, Francophone teachers unions have said, you are not going to do this. We're going to take you to court about it. Um, there's going to be public hearings in May, and you're going to hear all kinds of people coming out saying no. But the other thing is to keep in mind, this is the fourth go-round on, on the attempt to do this. Four times, three times should have been unlucky. Four times is way too much. There will be some angry people from the hinterlands of Quebec who will come out. But by and large, Quebecers will say... This is a solution in search of a problem. We don't need it. Okay, I find it very interesting because your own career of coming from the Montreal Gazette to now creating a publication which is about the importance of religion in public life. What is it about religious symbols in Quebec? Why do, why do we need our symbols, or religious symbols specifically? The, the argument is that uh, Quebecers are a distinct society and therefore they need to control these kinds of symbols. I think part of it too is that having shed the Catholic faith, they now actually regret having gone too far, but there's no way to go back. But the, the, 
the, the distinctiveness, for example, they argue, well, we need to protect our language. How does it change your ability to speak French because you wear a kippah or a turban or a hijab? It has nothing to do with it. The head that wears a hijab can speak perfectly good French. So that argument simply falls apart. But as I say, there is a, a cohort in Quebec that is determined to push this through. The vast, I think the vast majority of Quebecers, A, don't care, or B, don't want this stuff. Okay. Peter, what do the, does the impact of religious symbols have in our lives? Well, I mean, that's a really good question. First of all, it's a profound personal matter. Um, you, you should be no more prohibited from wearing uh, a hijab than you should be wear, pre prevented from wearing the particular clothes that you want. The, the state coming in and mandating what kind of head covering you can wear, we wouldn't, you know, take it out of a religious context, we wouldn't allow the state to order us uh, to, to wear green hats on Tuesdays. Obviously, religious belief is far more profound than the color of your hat. It's your most, it's your deepest conviction about the nature of, of, of the universe, not just society. And so to interfere with that and to single people out, to target them, is simply unacceptable. It, 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 it's, a, it's a division of people of faith from the rest of the population. And we aren't. We are part of the population. We are part of society. We are part of the world around us. And that needs to be not only respected, but as the Supreme Court said in a particular case, it's the job of government to foster that diversity, not extinguish it. Okay, Peter, you've given us lots to think about. Thank you. Thanks so much, Lorna. Well, is there something we're missing in our outrage against Bill 21 about religious symbols? Barbara Kay, a columnist with the National Post and a resident of Montreal, says yes. Barbara, you say there's a lot of Anglophone media outraged about Bill 21, but you actually want us to think deeper about why the niqab has no place in uh, government positions of authority. Why are you so sure we should not allow that religious symbol of the niqab? Well, first of all, it's not a religious symbol. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a custom. It's a cultural custom in some regions. Uh, it's mainly associated with extremely fundamentalist Islamic regimes, uh, but it is by no means uh, worn everywhere or even in most parts of the Islamic world. In fact, it is banned in some parts of the Islamic world. It is banned in Egyptian universities. It is banned in Turkish universities. Uh, so it's banned. But these in aren't the foods. countries we aspire to be, where where freedoms are getting revoked. So are well, we? I know it's one symbol, but it now it's applying to every religious symbol in government employees in positions of authority. So it's my cross, it's the kippah, it is the turban. You can't have one freedom without the other. They are applying it equally. You can have your cross, you just can't have it displayed ostentatiously. Uh, you know, it's but too you bad can't about have your kippah. You can't have your turban. No, you can't. No, you can't. You can't. Uh, I, I, it's, it, it all comes down to how you think a society in its public face, uh, in your interactions with the government, uh, should be. Are we interacting as equal citizens, or uh, are we interacting? Don't forget these interactions with the with these state 
representatives, you know, the people that they're talking about, the people that serve you in the passport office or who are your teachers at university or the people that arrest grade you. School. Or, or grade school. Okay, so, or a judge or whatever. <clears throat> These are people with whom you have no um, choice but to interact. Uh, so but, we have... Uh, but I, I, I feel like what you're saying, Barbara, is... A religious expression is not an equal part of self-expression. So you're asking me to leave no, those certain parts at, at home. No, I'm not saying that at all. I think that uh, we believe here in the separation of church and state. The state uh, has certain functions, and when it discharges those functions with taxpayers' money, uh, it seems to me that it's perfectly reasonable for the state to say, we want the state represented with complete neutrality. And by the way, uh, virtually all Quebecers do feel that way. Uh, they want neutrality. They want, they want people to be free from religious uh, uh, display as well as free to display. And you can display in every other facet of your life, that just not working for the government. I, I, don't, I don't see this as very draconian at all. All right, Barbara Kay from Montreal. Thank you for giving us your important perspective. Thanks, Lorna. What are you wearing right now that kind of represents your faith and why do you wear it? Well, here I have a, uh, a nose pierce and it represents part of our uh, Hindu um, culture that the women should wear that when they're chased. What would it mean to you if someone said, you know what, you won't be able to wear that anymore? I will protest. And women are discussing the impact of Bill C-21 in Quebec. Shima Khan has lived in Montreal and wears a hijab regularly. Moira McQueen is a representative of Catholic theological thought. She is a theological teacher and a former lawyer. Uh, thank you both for being with us. And Shima, let's start with you. You're wearing a hijab. That would mean you could not hold a position of uh, government authority in your home province. How does, how does Bill 21 make you feel? Well, I also can't teach in a public institution, and, and I did uh, a while back. Uh, basically, this law creates two tiers of citizenship. Those who have some kind of religious expression of their faith uh, and those who don't. Those who do, people like me, are limited in their career choices, are limited in their career mobility, and uh, really are limited in, in being full participants of a vibrant Quebec society. All right, Moira, what is your takeaway on this as a Catholic believer? As a Catholic, I actually see it from everybody else's perspective as well because it affects all of us. And so in a way, we don't normally wear something like Shima on a regular basis, but regularly I would be wearing a, a crucifix or some kind of symbol that tells the world I'm Catholic Christian. And so the idea to me that something that is, has such a long tradition, 2,000 years of tradition, sort of, you know, globally, that somebody can then say, you can't wear something that tells the world a part of who you are because you're in a position of civic responsibility. What really bothers me is this whole idea of this complete separation of church and state. So that if I'm working for the state, somehow I shouldn't have any kinds of opinions or give any kind of information about 
you know, who I am from a faith point of view. And, and I, I just think that in itself is wrong. I, and, yeah, and, yeah. and it is a very uh, uh, big move for shutdown on religious expression. Shima, uh, a Muslim believer cannot separate themselves, their faith from their activities, correct? Right. I mean, there are different levels of faith, different uh, levels of adherence, if you like. Uh, for, for some Muslims, myself included, my faith is uh, an integral part of my identity. And uh, I'm not out there imposing it on anyone. I rarely talk about my faith unless someone else brings it up. And I just participate in society uh, as who I am. Uh, but Quebec, uh, the Quebec government is asking me to decide. Um, either you participate and remove an integral part of your faith, or you keep your faith, but you really are going to be ghettoized in terms of, you know, what you can, where you can work. And let's not, let's not, uh, let's not kid ourselves. I really feel this is just the beginning. Uh, I mean, France has um, forbidden uh, schoolgirls from wearing their hijab in public schools. Uh, I mean, where would it stop? And the other thing is, is that this will legitimize, you know, uh, racism, anti-Muslim sentiment, or any kind of xenophobia. If the government can discriminate, well, why can't your average, you know, Jean or Louise on the street? All right. Okay. We're going to stay with us, both of you, and we'll be back after this. And later, a look at the power of religious symbolism that is embedded in our lives. Quebec's flag flies with the fleur-de-lis, an ancient symbol reportedly of the Holy Trinity. And does Quebec's Bill 21 threaten Canada's charter rights and freedom of religion? And what does enacting the notwithstanding clause mean? We speak with a constitutional law expert from Montreal. Here to discuss what the notwithstanding clause means in the banning of religious symbols in Quebec is Robert Leckie, Dean of McGill University's law faculty. Robert, what is the notwithstanding clause? How does it work? Sure. It's a mechanism in the Canadian Charter that allows a legislature to announce that one of its laws or more will operate notwithstanding or despite rights and freedoms guaranteed in the Charter. So it's essentially a means of shielding a law from being struck down by a court. Does this legislation go against uh, the Charter in any way? Well, the government lawyers think so. So what we've been told is that all the Department of Justice lawyers in Quebec City think that the law unjustifiably limits freedom of religion and equality. And so the government is acting preemptively. It says it wants to prevent uh, people going to court. It wants to make sure its law will have effect, as I say, notwithstanding the Charters. Now, groups that would want to fight Bill 21 on constitutional grounds, are their hands tied, I'm wondering, if the government uses the notwithstanding clause, or will they have other options? There's actually varied views on that at the moment. So on some views, use of the notwithstanding clause prevents people even going into court. Other people are less sure of that. But in any event, there are constitutional norms that are not uh, within the Charter and that are not affected by the notwithstanding clause. In the 1950s, the Supreme Court of Canada struck down some Quebec laws that were uh, cracking down on Jehovah's Witnesses. And at that time, the court said that religious matters were to be dealt with by Parliament in Ottawa, 
not by the provinces. So those rules continue to apply. It's possible creative lawyers and courts will use those. The notwithstanding clause of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms gives both federal and provincial governments the ability to overhaul sections of the Charter for five years. Uh, what happens after that period is over? Yeah, so five years is the maximum time that a single use of the notwithstanding clause operates. It's possible to renew the notwithstanding clause after that. And of course, the, the five-year number comes from the fact that within every five-year period, there will have been at least one general election. So the notion is that a government that uses the notwithstanding clause has to take its decision to do so to the voters in an election and either get re-elected or a new government afterwards will decide whether to renew it or not. Uh, so take us d uh, a little bit deeper, take your law hat off, if you will, as a citizen. <laughs> can you give us a sense of what is the mood among Quebecers there? Well, there's many Quebecers and many Quebecs. So the mood in Montreal, which is more multicultural, multilinguistic, where we see religious difference all the time, I think the mood here is very different from what it is in the region. On the island of Montreal, I mean, the mayor, Valerie Plant, has announced already she doesn't see following the law. The English school boards have said they won't follow it either. So people here, uh, close to where I am now, are deeply disturbed by the law. At the same time, we're told that in the regions of Quebec, where the population is more francophone, more Catholic in its background, apparently support for the measures is high. So it's quite polarizing. And it's the same polarization we saw in last October's general election, when we had a majority government elected for the Coalition Avenue Quebec without a single seat in the island of Montreal. Wow. Robert Lecky, yeah. a lot to think about. Thank you for your expertise on this. My pleasure. What are you wearing right now? I'm wearing a Sikh Dastar. It's in English, we call it a Sikh turban. And it's an integral part of our religion. We have to wear it all the time. How would you feel if someone said, you know what, you're not allowed to wear what you're wearing right now? In a country like Canada, which stands for democracy, freedom of religion, it would be a very sad thing to, all that very sad, very tragic. Well, we're back now with more from our multi-faith panel on what Bill 21 means, not only for Quebec, but all of Canada. Moira McQueen, Shima Khan, thank you for being here. Shima, um, we just heard from McGill University legal professor that Premier Legault says he will use the notwithstanding clause to stop anyone or any group from fighting this. Does it worry you that religious groups can't even fight back against this bill, Shima? Well, I think there's a wider question. I mean, when you know, when you're when you're a minority uh, within any society, you look to the law, you look to the constitution to protect you uh, against what could be termed the tyranny of the majority. Uh, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, uh, our constitution has the notwithstanding clause, so that a province, for example, Quebec, can decide unilaterally to deny the fundamental freedom of religion rights of people within the province. And uh, there is nothing that we can do so to fight it in court. And uh, I think that's very, very worrying um, that it's almost, uh, you, you know, you, you can't even fight it legally. You've got your hands tied behind your back. Okay, Moira, does this impact the rest of Canada? Will this be contained to Quebec? 
I, I think it has to. I think any encroachment, as in Quebec, on people's religious freedom, because that's what it does come down to, would be a thin end of the wedge as far as everybody else is concerned. And it's of extreme importance that they're invoking the notwithstanding clause. I mean, to me, that's an abuse of the notwithstanding clause. It wasn't really meant for something. I know it was meant to do with charter rights and religious freedom as a charter right. But to use it just that one way in one province, when I think there's a real subtext in Quebec, I don't really think that what they're concerned about is this idea of wearing uh, something that symbolizes what our faith is. I agree with Shima, there's discrimination there, and it does seem to be a protecting Quebec. I find it extraordinary that in a province where the rest of Canada really tries to be as pluralistic as possible, that Quebec, after the way it has, it's had its relationship with the Catholic Church, seems to want to squeeze out any vestige of relations with religion uh, to, this, to this extreme, that they would be saying that people who have been wearing yarmulkes, uh, etc., for centuries and should, should not, will not be allowed to wear them. I mean, it's a total, not just freedom of religion, it's freedom of expression, it's freedom of a type of speech, because I think what we wear is also freedom of speech. Many rights are being squashed here. Or Shima, is it that we just don't get the nuance of Quebec that they remember their Catholic history, but now a new community has moved in with new symbols, and it's just too much for them, Shima. It's not the secular France uh, ethos that they model to. Well, you know, I, I think uh, Quebecers look more towards France and the conversation happening there than they look to the rest of Canada. And, you know, France has, its, has had its own history of, you know, what we call laïcité, where it's you know, it's freedom uh, through the state than rather than, than freedom from the state. And uh, Quebec wants to follow that particular model. Uh, uh, the premier says it's to bring people together, which is, you know, for me, 1984 language. You, 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 there's nothing well, that brings people together from, from this. Uh, and, uh, you know, poll after poll has shown that the province which has the lowest regard for Muslims and the lowest regard for Islam is Quebec. Okay, well, I'm uh, sorry to hear you be so conclusive on that, Shima, that you think this is about shutting down the expression of Muslim women. So, thank you. Coming up, can this proposed legislation really separate church and state? Artist Patty Bowman Kingsley joins us on why religious symbols matter and why they're ingrained in our very psyche. Place has brought faith to Canada more than Quebec. Um, Canada is Catholic based on its Quebec origins. Um, is, that, is that forever gone? Reluctantly, I have to say I think it has to the greatest extent. There are still, there are pockets of, of really deep devotion. Uh, as with most Christianity, those never go away. There's always what biblically we would call the remnant and a really, you know, a core of people who keep it going. But in terms of the whole of Quebec, I think it's been very clear statistically in terms of 
14% attend church services on, on a Sunday. And that's the real marker of who is Catholic in, in that sense. There's a nominal Catholicism for many people because they're rooted in Catholicism. That is their tradition, that's their history. And try as they may, it's very difficult to move entirely away from that. But they have become so secular and secularized. And I think, as Shima had been talking about, a bit like France, with pushing for a real separation between church and state, I think in a sense that the rest of Canada hasn't, hasn't done. Thank you, Moira. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Well, religious symbols have a significant place in self-expression, and artist Patty Bowman Kingsley uses such symbols in her own work. She's here to help us understand how the Quebec move to omit religious symbols from government-funded staff affects self-expression. So, Patty, why do people need to wear, want to wear, symbols? I've got one on. Well, you, ha you do. You have one on. And so I could ask you the same question. Um, what is it that it does for you when you place it on your chest or on a sleeve or on a wrist or when it's a flag that flies above your home? It, for me, symbols are, are pregnant with metaphor and meaning and we rally around them. They cause our heart to stand a little taller and for us to say, yes, I, I have the courage to be who it is. I believe I am on the inside by decorating the outside with an expression of who I am. So this shutdown for some government employees, is it uh, a restriction then on their freedom of identity, not just expression? Well, I would argue yes, because otherwise we wouldn't have to deal with the notwithstanding element that's part of this bill. Um, because there's clearly in Canada, and the Prime Minister has identified this, you can't discriminate in Canada, or that's not who we stand for, or who we stand um, Sorry, that's not how we stand as Canadians. We have an inclusive um, society in which I can bring the fullness of who I am to the table and not be diminished. And as soon as someone starts to say, you can be this publicly or you can be this publicly apart from safety or security, then um, we've really entered into, uh, we've, we've gone into the weeds and it's a slippery slope. This affects school teachers in Quebec, and, um, and there are some school boards that are saying we are not going to abide by the banning of religious symbols. What is at stake for young people, for children, around, around symbolism and choosing symbols? Well, I would say in the formative years in particular, it is really important that children and young people, teenagers, are allowed to give some personal expression. It may not be where they end up, it may not be where they land, but they do get to try on diverse ranges of identity um, and say, well, is that me? I'm gonna put that on, let me put that coat on today. Is that who I am? As an artist, and you've used a lot of religious symbolism in your art, you must be thinking of something that you would love to bring to the Quebec artistic expression on this. Well, the, the challenge for me as an artist is saying, well, there's everything I do is related to symbol, metaphor, signal systems, meaning. So if I'm using a wide paintbrush, if I'm using a thin one, if I'm using a bright color, a dull color, if I'm using a particular metal, uh, the size I use, little, we haven't even got to subject matter yet. Everything is about metaphor. We see visually, so it's actually my language. To tell me I cannot speak according to the language I've learned, it is almost, I'd say it's my primary language. I speak English primarily, but I actually speak with a visual voice. Lots to think about. Thank you for reminding us that expression is part of our identity. Yes, it is. Thank you. We'll be back 
after this. Well, let me put in my word as a Christian broadcaster who has the privilege of representing the world's largest and most globally dispersed faith. Christians are also the most persecuted faith in the world, but as Canadians, we're not prepared for the creep of persecution to happen here. So on the global index, Quebec will now rate as restricting religion. In the banning of religious symbols in some Quebec government jobs, Christianity has a responsibility to speak out for all religious freedom. Religion is expression. It is freedom of thought and freedom of conscience. And the symbols we wear are all part of that. So we'll stay on this story and check out our blog and our podcast for continuing education on this issue. From all of us at Context, I'm Lorna Duick. Thank you for watching.